This one's for the culture. Me and wifey in the room thinking of a master plan Thinking how we can influence the culture from where we stand Knowing that our steps are ordered by the master's hand Still ten toes down, we ain't switching up the stance The mission of this music ain't just to make them dance Trying to tell them about the rock And welcome, welcome, welcome to another fantastic episode of The The Bond Bond Chronicles. Chronicles I am the amazing, lovely, highly favored, still alive and kicking host Mr. Ray Bond on Twitter and at Mr. Bond Chronicles on Instagram. And I am blessed to be or have my co-host here by my side. Mrs. Bond Chronicles on Instagram. Ms. Bond Chronicles on Twitter. Robin Bond on Facebook. It's Ms. Bond like on MZ Twitter. Bond on Chronicles. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, so we got that out of the way. Uh, we appreciate y'all joining in. I believe this is episode six? Seven. Seven? Seven. Seven. Yeah. Sure? No. Okay. Um, well, either way, uh, we'll research that. Have it in the comments when we get a bigger staff. They'll be able to tell us things like that. Of yeah. What episode it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but nonetheless, we have a... A tough episode today, I'm going to be honest. Um, yeah, it's definitely not as light as the most of the other episodes we've done yeah. has been, have been. Um, so, I don't really know where this is going to go. We're going to do our best. Obviously, it is an emotional topic. It is something that is very dear to my heart. Um, we have these shirts here. I Hopefully, y'all can see them. Uh, created by... Reaction Apparel. Robin Bond for Reaction Apparel. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's that kind of show. And so what we're going to talk about is, and to be clear, it's the Derek Chauvin trial, not the George Floyd trial. Facts. Um, because George Floyd has already been tried by Derek Chauvin, and he deemed his life to be not worth living. Um, and so now we'll get to see how a jury, a jury will, in essence, find uh, ex-officer Chauvin uh, hopefully guilty, but you never really know. Uh, so I'll give you guys a little bit of a background. You can fill in any blanks that you want. Um, so Derek was arrested on May 29th of 2020. Crazy that we're coming up on almost a year um, since his arrest. Not even since the, the tragic uh, incident that occurred. Murder. Yeah, Let's you're call right. it what it is. Murder, assassination. You're you're 100% right. I stand corrected. Um so the county attorney Mike Freeman uh surprisingly uh did charge uh him with uh, third degree murder and the lesser included offense of second degree manslaughter. Um making him the first white police officer in Minnesota to be charged in the death of a black civilian in 2020. As racist as this country is, as much police brutality as we've seen, this was the first time that this has happened. Just utterly mind-blowing. So, under Minnesota law, third-degree murder is defined as causing another's death without intent to kill, but... What is that? A dinsing created? What kind of notes is that? <laughs> oh my bad. What word is that? I don't know actually. I don't remember. Oh. 
whatever. Um, <laughs> but something that created an unreasonable risk of serious harm or death. Um, so, obviously, as we awaited, and those weren't the charges that I was hoping for. Right. Um, I believe it was a bit of a cop-out. Uh, however, on May 31st, AG... Oh, I mean, but wait, because the sec- the, p- the other portion is also important, that he was also charged with second-degree manslaughter, which, again, does not imply... That's I think that's good. You did. It's yeah. cool. All right, good. Um, you got it. You know, second-degree manslaughter basically is saying that the person, while they did kill someone, the intent was not to kill them. They, they weren't intentionally acting to kill, yeah. which I think is really important that people know that and understand that that, that and the difference between a murder charge, which is le- intent to kill lethally premeditated or not, like your intention is to kill the person. Um, and based on the actions of the officer, um, former officer Chauvin in the video, I don't necessarily understand what plausible outcome was going to happen with his actions being what they were. So, and I might be getting ahead of us, but I'm guessing, and I'm only guessing and trying to be as positive, optimistic as possible is based on the defense that was going to come that it wasn't intentional. He was trying to restrain him, and he lost track of time, and that's what caused it. It wasn't, get on the ground, you dirty black man, I'm going to murder you. It was, oh, I just got so caught up in the moment, or my adrenaline was rushing, and I was trying to restrain him, and I accidentally killed him. I'm guessing that's why they went with that charge. Originally, to, yeah. Originally, um, to accommodate that scenario. But it's just crazy that that's the standard at which th- this country was running. So on May 31st, uh, Minnesota AG Keith Ellison took over the case, uh, rightfully so, at the request of the governor. And on June 3rd, just a few days later, Ellison amended the charges against Chauvin to include unintentional second-degree murder under the felony murder doctrine, which alleging that Chauvin killed Floyd in the course of committing assault in the third degree. So somebody with a brain (laughs) showed up, and even though it wasn't what I would love, we took a big step forward from what I understand. I'm not a lawyer, so all the legalese and the ramifications i'm not 100 percent sure on how all of that will work but i know it's an upgraded charge with upgraded time that i'm shooting for um to be a conviction uh next we have the u.s department of justice they convened the grand jury in february of 2021 so from june 3rd all the way into february 2021 little movement a lot of investigation, a lot of paperwork, I'm sure, getting prepared for this trial. Um, and in February 2021, they were convened to investigate several civil rights charges. Uh, the investigation included the killing of Floyd, which happened on May 25th of 2020, and other incidents inclu- involving Chauvin, such as in September 2017, when this piece of crap 
pinned down a 14-year-old boy for several minutes. The boy lost consciousness um, and was pleading he couldn't breathe. Uh, and as Officer Chauvin did, or ex-Officer Chauvin does, he didn't care. Um, so even though the case, and I thought this was important, was similar, obviously, very similar, it was deemed inadmissible by the judge overseeing the trial for Chauvin and the Floyd's case. And he also has tax evasion charges pending. And, by all accounts, his wife filed for divorce. Do you, is that final? Or, I don't uh, know if it's final. Um, but I believe she. the story is that she filed for divorce so that she could testify against him in the tax evasion charges because she didn't know what he was doing. Um, Self-preservation is a crazy thing. Basically. Um, So, uh, bringing us up to current, uh, Chauvin's trial began on March 8th of 2021, and it marked the first time that a judge in Minnesota authorized cameras to show a full criminal trial. I'm with that, but as COVID protocols are relaxing... The fact that I believe it was only one family member mm-hmm. uh, was I think allowed so. in. I, I don't love it. Uh, I would rather have them in there if they want to be in there. Uh, but, you know, that's kind of the world we live in. So my thoughts, um, the things that have happened thus far, you know, that we've discussed. Um, it's interesting that they've allowed access for the public to see this trial um, as it is a criminal trial and a lot of times that's not allowed um, I would question if that's because people want to know what's going on with this case um, people want to hear the evidence as it's presented um, because unlike in the Breonna Taylor um, grand jury people didn't really understand and it wasn't easily accessible to find out how the grand jury was able to come back mm-hmm. and decide to not press charges. And obviously regular people who aren't, you know, familiar with law and law jargon and how these things work, we all know that Breonna Taylor didn't have a gun. We all know that Breonna Taylor was innocent of any crime because she had not been charged with the crime and she never got a day in court. So for her life to have been taken and there's no explanation as to why the people who killed her are not behind bars. Um, I guess forethought was to be transparent in some way to appease people because people want to know what's, what's happening. Um, Whether or not that's going to ease people's minds at the end of this, determining the outcome. Um, I don't, I don't think so. It's the whole situation the, and the entire thing, like 
I don't, I just don't understand. We are 40, 50 years removed from civil rights acts and all of that. We are three, four generations removed from slavery and everything that that was. Um, We've talked about the crack epidemic of the 80s and what that did to black communities. We talked about why police can go to such extreme measures now, a direct reflection of what the crack epidemic did to this country. And the frustration that we have to watch this trial. And obviously, you know, I don't know how much the viewers have been paying attention to it, what they've heard, what they've read, whatever. Um, The testimonies from the eyewitnesses who were there. People, like, they've got the the kid who was the clerk um, at the convenience store where Floyd supposedly used a counterfeit $20 bill, which started this whole incident down to a man who lived in the neighborhood, um, McMillan. He had, I think I read somewhere that he'd seen Chauvin a few days before the, before he killed Floyd. Um, just reminding him like, Hey, I know you've got a job to do. I know you're a person too, but don't forget the people you're policing. They're people. I don't know in what context he said that to him in. I don't know what prompted him to say that in to him in, but for him to then three, four days later, his actions cost someone their life. Um, it's just, you, it's hard to understand. And you and as people, we want to make sense of it. We want to obviously understand what the mindset is as an off police officer. Because no, not all police officers are bad. Not all police officers take advantage of the power that they have. But it's too common that these situations happen and nothing is done after. It is completely unacceptable. It is. And I think the problem is people get so uncomfortable talking about it. People, the same way people get uncomfortable talking about slavery and racism and Jim Crow and redlining, all those things are uncomfortable. They don't want to face the fact that black people, people of color in this country have had miserable experiences with not just police officers, but with our criminal justice system. And we're going to, I mean, I'm going to continue to pay attention to this trial because I think the prosecutor wrapped up on Friday. And so now Chauvin's defense attorney is going to call witnesses and all of that. And... During a um, cross-examination, like you said, George is not on trial. Floyd is not on trial. But the biggest part of his defense is that 
Chauvin did not cause him to die because Floyd was a drug user, basically. He lived an unfavorable lifestyle. Um, he was clean sometimes, sometimes he was, sometimes he wasn't. And that was a bigger contributing factor to his death than Chauvin being on his neck for 10 minutes, 12 minutes. Because even though we see nine minutes of what happened, apparently it was longer than that. And so they finally, this is the first time that the body camera was shown in its entirety for, you know, the public to see, for everyone to see, and not just Chauvin's, but the, and then the, the officers also there um, on the scene. They are just as guilty. They're not on trial, but they are just as guilty. And this blue wall of curtain or whatever you want to call it, where cops can't check other cops, cops don't tell on other cops, like, it's dumb. And it is a huge contributing factor as to why racists and people who completely disregard the lives of people who don't look like them are able and enabled to do what they do. Because I'm here and my partner isn't going to tell on me. And it's disgusting. And I don't know how you can defend it. And I don't understand why as a country we can't recognize it and move past this. Fix the problem and move past it. It's like we're caught in this circle. It just repetitive circle and it's it's tiring it's uh it's just yeah sorry <laughs> all right um so you said a lot i'm not going to really speak to a lot of it because i don't really know <laughs> did you zone out no it was just a lot and it's i'm a lot sorry of different points um so for in relation to the trial um, for me, it, it should be obvious. Unfortunately, that hasn't been the case too often in our society. I do appreciate the level of what I believe to be honesty that I've seen from peers of Chauvin's, from witnesses on the scene, from onlookers. I don't know how you can come back with anything less than a conviction. Based on what I've heard, excuse me, and seen so far, what is not puzzling, but I, no, it is. What's puzzling to me, and I've I watch a lot of cop shows. <laughs> I've known a number of cops. The ability for Derek to conduct himself in this way in 2017 in 2020 and in 2021 that to me says a lot about who he is as a person and although I I am I guess I applaud the there's a, a police officer I think that testified and the paramedics yeah. um, Lieutenant Zimmerman so I applaud them for doing the right thing for speaking their truth 
But the fact is, this should have been stumped out a long time ago. Like, this individual was a problem. He's been a problem. And they allowed it to happen. And sadly, it's why we're here. Is because when they had the opportunity to take a stand, when no one was looking, they chose not to. And so now that someone's looking and the world sees it, oh, now we got to be honest. Now... That was just that wasn't the right procedure and that was unnecessary and he didn't need to do all that. Yeah, okay. He did it before and nothing happened. So this this false honesty, it, it bothers me, but it's beneficial um, in this case. Um, so I am glad that it is coming forth. But I think the problem and you, you talked about the blue wall of silence is it's meant to protect the people. And so I get it, why it exists, but I think there needs to be levels and measures to it. Like, and this is why I don't understand how it really works because I could not possibly sit there if I was one of those other three officers and just watch it happen. Right. And do nothing like literally nothing and by all accounts they had him in they had george floyd in the car from what i read chauvin showed up they took him out of the car and obviously it's been documented that they have a history and working together at a nightclub and stuff like that and i don't know what that kind of relationship was but they knew each other yeah so for somebody that you know on any kind of level to care, carry yourself in that kind of way with cameras in your face, with your body camera on, the level of arrogance and gall that you have to have to do that, and then just live your life. It's on a whole nother level. Like that mentality, that ability to disassociate a human being from like being a human, like that... That, to me, is is what really perplexes me and how you get to that place where you have that much hatred and disdain for a person that you can carry yourself in that kind of way in today's society and think that you're right. Like, you know you're wrong. Mm -hmm. You have to know you're wrong, but you stand up there and whether because the union told you or whatever, you plead not guilty. Bruh, you guilty. Now... The key is, and what you're banking on, is that the jury, that is more white than anything, won't hold you accountable. And I really hope that does not happen. Um, but that's, that really, to me, is, is the issue for me, is that this is the kind of person that got a job, kept a job, and now we're here. So I would like to believe that, you know, going forward, we begin to move in a new direction, but it's going to take situations like this where people are held accountable. Uh, Breonna Taylor, we didn't get that. Um, I believe it was Botham Jean. We kind of got that, but mm, no, she got no. She got off. Oh no, no, no. the one that went in, a, uh, in the wrong in apartment. Yeah, she got ten years. She did. Where did she get ten years? We can look it up. My bad. I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to question you, but I don't remember. No, I, she got 10, but there's like a chance of parole. Um, but no, she went to jail. 
Yeah, sent it 10 years. Oh, okay. So it was somebody that got off. I can't remember who it was then. Yeah, uh, I'm not. I mean, there's a ton. So that's. You can add to that. You're right about that. Um, So, no, I'm optimistic uh, that we will have the right thing done in the climate in which we live in. Um, I guess I wouldn't expect much from government to speak up or say anything in this situation, but. I will be curious to know, based on the outcome, how they kind of handle it. Um, and to that point, um, that that's really important to me. Because I wasn't 100% sold on Biden. I wasn't 100% sold on Harris. Um, but I voted for them because Trump wasn't it for me. And the platform in which they campaigned all the things that they said and how important for what it's worth. A lot of Democrats um, campaigned on this past election cycle was change real, true, meaningful change. Um, And quite frankly, personally, I am super tired of politicians pandering to the black community during election season and then forgetting about black people in between. And a lot of people aren't going to like this. Democrats do what the best. They always have. And well, not always in the last, you know, obviously a few decades they have. Um, and they do, they tell us all the right things. They make a lot of promises And then nothing happens. You've got states currently changing their voting laws like crazy. Most of Republican states. Yeah, but even still, it's happening. And even, I think, no, it's mostly Republican states. Um, To ensure that what happened in Georgia, what happened in Pennsylvania, what happened in other states can't happen again to disenfranchise disenfranchise black voters. And I don't know how many people are paying attention to that. I don't know how much people care about that. But when the election cycle comes up again in two years, like that's going to directly impact the laws that are being, people are able to pass the things that can happen locally it's just, we have to pay attention. But I think it's more than that. And I think this goes to kind of my issue with Chauvin, is that instead of saying, you know what, all these people voted against us. Why did they do that? Yeah. Instead of being refl- self-reflective and saying, I'm not even going to go down the, the, the election was stolen route. Yeah. But just under that premise that all these people voted against us, why wouldn't you think, rather than try and suppress their vote, change your policy? Yeah. Change your platform. Adjust your views just a little bit. You still got 70, what, 74 million votes? But see, in the. So, in that scenario, that's the part when you ask, like, 
you I forget the question you were asking earlier about like how do we get here? Why are things like that? It's because that's the mindset. Yeah. Instead of changing to adjust your value system and find some kind of morality in life, you rather just shut the people out. Like that's absurd that that's how desperate you are to hold on to your old traditional values, mm-hmm. that racist mindset and behavior. Let's make no men- let's not cut cards here. This is a racist issue. This is a matter of trying to make it impossible for people to vote. A, an inalienable right as an American citizen you should have. And they are going out of their way to make it more difficult than they need to for no reason. Other than so that they can continue to pass laws and instill an ideology in this country that's wrong. Mm-hmm. And that needs to change. And is going to change. This is not going to deter. This is going to make people more emboldened. And it sucks that black people have had to constantly overcome things from the beginning of this country's foundation in 2021. We're going to have to do it again in 2023. But we're going to do it. And we're going to continue to do it. And at some point, maybe not in our generation, we're going to be able to move past this. And I I hope that at some point that mindset can die out because it's dead thinking. But then we have people like Chauvin, who's relatively young, and there's a whole new generation of cops and others and politicians that have that same dumb thinking. Yeah, I, I was going to say, like I'm sure people, like our grandparents, were convinced that by the time their kids were grown and their grandkids were grown, this wouldn't still be a topic of conversation. Based on what? Why do you say that? I mean, just... In life when my grandmother was around, I wouldn't have thought it was going to get better. I mean, just basically based on everything that happened during the Civil Rights Movement. The advancements that were pushed forward and things that they were able to accomplish. Like, during that time... You know, would you really, if, I mean, if you put yourself back then, would you really think that after all that work, and not just work, but blood, because yeah, it was an awful time. They and killed they all killed, the leaders. Right, and they killed so many people. And it's like... So why would you this, think they would get better if they're killing the leaders that are proposing change? I mean, for what it's worth, like the Civil Rights Act was passed after um, MLK was assassinated. It, so I'm, I'm not going to, I don't want to have that conversation about the Civil Rights Act. I have my own issues with it. Um, I recognize what it did, but. You also recognize what it didn't. Correct. Um, so, I mean, I guess. But when I look at the world today, as progressive as we are, I don't think it's going to happen in our generation. And I'm about to be 33. So saying. 50 to 70 years. I think it's possible. 50 to 70 years. You know how, what life was like 50 to 70 years ago? I do. Life? But, and then I think that's, that's a problem. Again, like my, my Nana, she's still alive. She remembers what it was like to go to segregated schools. She remembers what, you know, when those assassinations were happening. Like my family's from Gary. The That's, 10 seconds from Chicago. Like, people, it's, you, you, you want to think of all of that being a distant memory, but all of it 
is still walking amongst us every day and people that we know who live through it. And I would think that they thought doing all of that, that things were changing. Because why would you work so hard to change things knowing that nothing was going to change? For that matter, the things that I want to do. I will be dang on if I leave this earth and I did not make an impactful change to make it better for our kids. Like, I refuse to believe (laughs) I'm going to be 80 years old or whatever. And this is still such a difficult thing to grasp that it's wrong and we need to fix it. You've been alive 32 years. 32. I mean, I'm right behind you. I'll be 33 in July. We're still here. Like, you say the Civil Rights Act passed, and I say, and then they introduced crack. And then we took other steps forward, and then we had a black president, and we're still here. Um, I don't see it. We, me and you have talked off mic about what I think it will take. I to, mean, you can tell the people. That's what we're here get, for. To get to that point. And I think it's as simple as what we're seeing in this in the country today. Now, a lot of people are going to, you know, I think have a blind, a, a tunnel vision of these people are terrorists. We look at the guy that drove through the officer. I think it was a 25-year-old man. Yeah. 25-year-old um, man. Uh, killed an officer. But I was listening to the news while you were gone, uh, just uh, you know, a, couple, a little while ago, and his family was saying he's not a terrorist. He's been going through a really hard time. Um, he's depressed, and he suffered a lot of head injuries when he was playing football in college. I mean, they said the same thing about the guy in California. The officer said he had a bad day. Yeah, like, and that made it okay. Because he just had a really bad day. I don't know what other people do on their bad days. Like, I know what I like to do to make my day go a little bit better. But going and shooting up any establishment is never it. Right. Um, And I was... I'm trying to make where I was going. Um, Terrorists. uh, Yeah, yeah. So... The, the the issue is they have that conviction about what they believe. And this is the one thing that I think most Republicans, or most Democrats that I know still give Republicans credit for. They don't lie to you about what they want. They tell you straight and they formulate a game plan around that. They typically don't sway too much. This last election cycle, we saw some of that just because of such a polarizing figure. But typically, you know what you're getting when you get a Republican. Um, your First Amendment rights, your Second Amendment rights, uh, things like that are going to be really, really important. These people, you start in January when they went to the Capitol. I actually started before that. It's been I was going to say, it started country. way before that. But they went to, I want to say it was Michigan or Wisconsin when they all went into the... Co- Wisconsin, the, I the, think. What do you call that thing? The Capitol. The Capitol. Was it the Capitol? I thought it was a courthouse. No, I thought it was their capital. Okay. Either way, they assembled, they moved, they mobilized. We saw it again at the Capitol here in D.C. And we've seen it countless times and times again. These people, even back to the Civil War, 
are willing to die in mass for their cause. To hold on to an ideal that should be dead. Fair enough. But they talk about in the Civil War where brothers were fighting brothers. Like, that is how deep and how passionate they are. I, I posted a picture the other day about a car in 2021 with the sticker on the back that says Super Cracker. And there's an NRA and a Don't Tread on Me. These people believe like this. When you hear about cults, it's usually, to my knowledge, a bunch of white people. <laughs> but they believe. And people, and, and, and I don't really want to make this correlation because I don't think it's fair. But the same way with like Christianity and how they've taken Christianity and manipulated it. Mm. But their belief system is that strong. And I believe that is why throughout the course of every empire around the world, white people go in, white people pillage, white people take over. I don't hate all white people, but that is our history. And they are willing to die and take what they want. And that is why they get the results that they get. In other cultures, we don't do that. Specifically the black culture. We've had Black Panthers that was armed up, but we ain't stole no capitals. We ain't really have no armed revolutions of any kind of significance. Not on American soil. Not in American soil. Now, we'll go fight for our freedom that we were told we were going to get and never got. Um, but we haven't got that. And I feel like that's the missing piece is that are you willing to go for that? And not just die behind a microphone are you willing to die behind a gun because they are and if you want what they have that's to me what it's going to take to get it policy we talked about the civil rights act we've talked about all these different acts and great things that they pass and white people still do white people stuff and this trial is another indication of that we saw with um ahmaud arbery it took months for there to be anything done. And if people wouldn't have been outraged, nothing would have happened. Right. Breonna Taylor, they passed Breonna's law, but then found nobody responsible for her death. So why the heck did you pass a law in her name if nobody did anything wrong? Like, and there's been a bunch of cases since, and I, I'm just really sick of trying to memorize all the names. But it's it's been ongoing. It's constant and we talk about the media coverage like i said you can go and shoot up all these different places and you had a bad day like it don't it doesn't make sense but it makes perfect sense it's the american way and i don't think policy is going to change that and so for me i am naively more optimistic about what it would require for change, like real, true, meaningful change. Um, But that standpoint comes from, I just don't, not another drop of black folk blood (laughs) needs to be spilled for this. We've already been dying for this country, dying with recognition, and dying without recognition. And more black people dying for 
the things that are guaranteed in the Constitution, but somehow there's always a way that it just skirts around. Like, it, I, I don't. I don't want to see anybody storm the Capitol and potentially not. I mean, for what it's worth, we everybody said it. I think that was one thing when the insurrection happened. You know, all of the TV pundits on the news were just like, you know, if black people were doing this, like, yeah, no stuff, Sherlock. Like, we know that. It's interesting that other other people are catching on. I just don't want to see that. We've already, black people have already sacrificed so much for this country. I hear you. I'll say two things. One, I haven't heard, I don't watch the news per se. I get my news mostly from Twitter. <laughs> I just Such do. a reliable source. Oh, because the news you watch on TV is more reliable? <laughs> yeah. I I'll knew take, you were going to go there. I'll take my Twitter over the TV news every day of the week. You know what I haven't heard? What? I haven't heard any capital convictions. And I was literally thinking about that. Like, they made this huge to-do mm-hmm. about rounding all those mm-hmm. people up and you can't fly, like, and all of this stuff. That was funny. And I haven't heard a single thing about somebody being charged with anything, somebody being going to jail for it. And it's just crazy because all those people who were shut down, locked down, scared for their lives at the Capitol building, they ain't said nothing about it since. Nothing. They was pissed that Trump wouldn't come out and say, hey, tell your dogs to go home. They were pissed. Everybody who was, you know, who was going to, who was, who can be held accountable for their actions, they're going to be held accountable for their actions. Winsway. And that is why we have what we have. I'm not saying it's not. Because you can do that and then... That was just in January. Yep. We just hit April. Yep. And there's nothing about that anymore. They gave us a couple stimmies. They did some bomb, dropped some bombs some other places. They've done some stuff with the border. Shooting up vaccines. Oh, yeah. We got tons of vaccines that's rolling out and all this great stuff. And nothing on that. Not a thing. And that's just the way it, it... it, it has gone uh, in this country for way too long. So. So my question. Mm-hmm. What happens if Chauvin is found not guilty? We saw it already. What happened when Brown and Taylor was found? When that when that new charge? A couple of days before the the, the um, press conference, they started boarding up the city. Yeah. And what happened since then? Nothing. Nothing. Insurance paid out the claims. And people went back to their way of life. And that's the waiting game that... And I'm, again, I know we've, I've thrown this term around. And I'm not including all, but it's just easier for the sake of what we're doing here today. That's what white people are waiting for. They... We saw the Grammys. They threw us a couple awards. But the number one award went to a white woman. Um, we look at society in whole. And 
that's just the way it goes. They waited out, and then we saw in March, as leading up to some of this, there was crazy stuff going on. Yeah. Um, and it's not just here. We saw implications of racism in England with the royal family. Uh, we've seen it in our policing since camera phones became a thing and really before that. So when it goes potentially negative, which I really don't even want to put into the atmosphere, but if it goes negative, we'll be upset. There'll be some riots. But you say you don't want to see any more black bloodshed. But because we don't shed enough blood, there will be more black bloodshed. Um, and it's, that's just my perspective. And it sucks. I would love for it not to be that way. But I've yet to see an indication in society or in any empire where you negotiated your way to peace and freedom. I don't see it in Vikings. I don't see it in <laughs> not Vikings. Roman the Roman Empire, the Egyptian Empire. I don't see it in the British Empire. I don't see it in African empires. It doesn't work that way. People in power don't just give up power because they felt like it or it was the right thing to do. It's not how the world works. Um, so if we expect that this these people and white people who've had a history of acting this way to all of a sudden wake up one day and be like, you know what? We don't want to have all the power anymore. Let's make this thing equal. There ain't no way. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen in the education. It's not going to happen in the housing market. We saw what happened in the stock market. <laughs> when the little man, the minority, started trying to come up, everybody rallied shut around. Shut down. Shut it down. Stumped it out. And it ain't heard nothing about it since. Right. No sanctions, no fines, nothing. Uh, who Going cares? about your day. Who cares that you lost your life savings because you gambled on what should have been a sure thing, but because they cheated and lied and manipulated the stock market, you lost. They don't care that you lost. They won. And unless you're going to try and, what, you're going to try and litigate that in court and take years and years and years and tens of hundreds if not millions of dollars trying to, to try them. to ultimately probably settle like the system's not built that way so no matter which way you look at it unless you overthrow it this is what you get and whoever's in power gets to keep the power but the reason a lot of other countries have so much internal turmoil is because them people sick of that crap yeah and they finally get to a point where they're like we ain't taking it and we will die for the cause. And it sucks. And then good old America comes in like the knight in shining armor with our alternative motives and help. When we talked about the crack epidemic and what that was going on, I think, Nicaragua. Mm -hmm. And then we stuck our nose in Venezuela and we stuck our nose in Cuba. We, we just stuck our nose everywhere for the reasons we want to empower people so that we get rich. And we drop bombs to do it. Because we know that that's what it takes, and that's what the world fears, and that's what the world respects. Talking ain't going to get it done, in my opinion. Well, isn't that just bleak? They say history is a predictor of the future. Show me in history where that didn't happen. I believe the Bible, even in the Bible, the Israelites 
had to go and they had to take the places. Gideon and his 300 had to fight. <laughs> David couldn't even build the temple because he had so much blood on his hands. Like, that's just it. Jews and Muslims been shedding blood for thousands of years. China and Hong Kong and what's going on in Asia, same thing. That's how it works. People don't negotiate peace because of ego and power. And you feel like if someone else is on the same level as you, you're, they're a threat. And so you don't allow it to get to that point. And it's unfortunate, but history just continues to repeat itself. So hopefully this trial will have a different outcome, but I feel like the setup is kind of like we paraded all our white people on all the people to testify against Chauvin, but we know that jury going to hold it down. And that, that actually that you bring that up, the witnesses, the people who um, the prosecutor have called, um, they've been a really big story this week. Um, I mentioned, um, I think his name, I can't remember his first name. It is, I know it's here. I typed it. Mm. Charles McMillan? There we go. Charles McMillan, specifically. And Christopher Martin. There we go. Christopher Martin. Look at you, babe. You're so dope. Um, Christopher Martin, the young man who was the clerk at the convenience store. His testimony, I did go and watch. Um, and McMillan's testimony, I went and watched. And McMillan's testimony brought me to tears. Um, I mean, I am sensitive anyway, but like it really did make me cry. Um, the guilt that Christopher McMillan, I think he's only like 19. Christopher Martin. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. Christopher Martin. <laughs> and I should remember that, you know, the lead singer from Coldplay, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Christopher Martin, I'm pretty sure he's like 19. He's young. Um, he was there. He saw really the whole situation unfold and the level of guilt that he carries, the level of shame and just, I can't even imagine because his direct, his actions directly or indirectly caused this man's life to come to an end. Like the, I don't, I don't know how you put it. It's just the weight of his decision to accept the $20 bill. And it's, oh, it's fake. I'm calling the cops. Like that whole sequence of events and how everything has unfolded since then. I can't even imagine in his mind how that feels, in his heart, how that feels. I don't care. I hope he lives with it. And I hope it eats him up every single day. And so... My reason, the reason why, from what I understand, and maybe this never came out because George was murdered. My understanding is they've never proven that the $20 bill was fake. Oh, yeah, I don't think so. 
The same thing. Alle- and that's why they keep saying allegedly. Right. That ain't hard to prove. Yeah, everybody's got the little marker thing. Right. So, and even not in the moment, okay, maybe you forget or it feels weird and you run out to catch them or whatever. This happened over a year ago. Mm-hmm. They still ain't proved whether or not the $20 bill was real or not. I don't, I think at this point it's moot. No, well, if I'm him, I should, I, it was enough for you to call the police. Right. You don't want to know. Or you did what you thought, what you knew you was doing. And just like in the Jacob Blake situation, he's never been charged. And he's not going to be charged. But he's paralyzed. And in this case, you cost somebody their life. You cost somebody their father. You cost somebody their son. Because you, as far as I'm concerned, made a racist decision. And I don't know what necessarily prompted that, but I have absolutely no sympathy for his guilt. Because had they arrested him and charged him and potentially convicted him or whatever, he wouldn't care. He cares because he died. And now he's the one that's responsible to the world for his death outside of Derek. That's where that guilt comes from. I have no sympathy for you. I hope it eats you up every single day. And I hope the next time somebody, a little black boy or girl or grown man comes in and hands you a $20 bill, you think twice about, do I need to call the cops over a fake $20 bill? If this is somebody that came in and dropped a couple hundred or came in repetitively, okay, that's one thing. It's hard for me to believe that George never even been in that store before. I know what it's like to live in the inner city to a certain extent. You go a lot of the same places. A yeah. lot of the same people know you. So you, you've probably seen this man before. But you felt, for whatever reason, that that was the right thing to do. Instead of trying to talk to him like a man, instead of saying something, because from all accounts, nobody said that George was combative with him. Right. So you called the police over a fake $20 bill, and apparently you didn't even know it was fake or not. Because we still ain't heard about it. Or I would think you would at least testify and say, try to clear your name. Say, it was fake, but I should have handled it differently. You ain't do that. So, no, I have, I, I can't imagine, but I have no sympathy for him. And I hope he has to live with that decision for the rest of his life. Yeah, that's, that's actually not surprising that that's how you feel. Um, like after we watched the Black Panther, not Black Panther, <laughs> um, Judas and Black Messiah. Yes. Judas and the Black Messiah. You know, I did not know that the gentleman committed suicide, um, prior to watching Judas and the Black Messiah, but, and I don't particularly care how insensitive this might sound, his actions, the way that the guilt, how he felt. He got off easy. Yeah. Deservedly so. Um, so we'll talk about Charles McMillan then. Um, his, <laughs> his, was his, his, it was really rough. Um, one, you don't typically see black men in that level of vulnerability um, where they break down to the extent of crying, voice cracking. Like That's not typically a posture you see black men in. Um, especially older. Yeah, especially older black men. I think I've only seen my pop-up cry once. Ever. Ever, ever. <laughs> um, 
And for what it's worth, most of the people who witnessed um, Chauvin's actions, like, you know, with their own eyes, mostly were just passerbys. Like, they were going about their day, regular day, and just happened to walk down that street, and wham, bam, there it is. In your face, police brutality. Um, and this gentleman, older. He's old enough to remember a lot of the things from the civil rights movement. He's old enough to remember what the things that black people have been through. So I think all of those things compounded in his experience in America and to have witnessed what he saw. And then when you, you know, he goes back to the conversation that he had with Derek a few days prior to the incident. It's like, again, I don't, I don't even want to know what that feels like. Um, it's just heartbreaking and maybe it's because I'm more sensitive or whatever you want to call it. I, I just don't, I don't, I, again, I don't understand. And it's, it's all just a sad situation. And again, this case is really bringing to light one, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think it's a secret how most African Americans, black people, people of color, whatever, feel about the about police or police brutality or the criminal justice system. But I think this trial, it's. I mean, I really do hope that he gets found guilty. I know I asked the question earlier, what happens if he doesn't? Like, I don't want to see what the repercussions will be if he's not found guilty. Um, but a lot of this is an indictment on the whole system. How can someone who was fired from another police, um, force just pick up, move to another state, county, whatever, and get the job doing the same thing he just got fired for doing? How can someone who has committed the same act of injustice, brutality, excessive use of force, continue to be allowed to do the job when you are on record with disgusting acts towards other people. Like there's talked about that. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, that this, this case is showcasing there, the many, many flaws of the American justice system from the policing down to the way that this court case is going to play out and how it's played out before. It's just, in your mind, in my regular person mind, like, it does not make sense. And this case is shining a light, a big, bright, ugly spotlight on all of those things. I agree. But I, I just think that's how it's been. And, and like, it, it's, it sucks to say it, but even... In New York, when they pushed the old man down, he cracked his head open. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Like, we've seen a, a long time ago when the girl was in a bathing suit and it was like the community pool party and he slams the shorty on the ground. They've choked Eric Garner. Like, they've done this. They continue to do it. It's happened since George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Um, and... 
nothing's happening. Um, so I, I, I just don't know um, what to think other than I just take it as I see it. And if that makes me, you know, negative or whatever, then I'll own that. I don't think it makes you negative. It just makes you jaded to the situation. Like you said, like the the names, the list of names, you know, you see the shirts and the posts and all of that with names that people can remember. But the actual list of names is so much longer. There are so many other cases. There are so many other deaths that never see the light of day on TV or mass consumption, but they happen. And the people who deal with that are those families. Right. And they throw some money at them. And for what it's worth, it's not even, they don't always even get money. You're right. You know, and it's like, we keep saying how many more, how many more, but it just keeps happening. I agree. And I think it takes, it would take things like, and I hate to put the onus on them, but if 70% of the NFL is black, stop playing. 70-some percent of the NBA is black, stop Stop playing. And then, but that's a thing too, because when they protested after the events in Kenosha, um, that was, I guess, Basketball had just restarted for real, for real. Mm-hmm. Everybody's in a bubble, and it happens. And I can't remember what team it was. It the Bucks. Was the Bucks. Oh, right, because it, yeah, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. And they said they weren't playing. And then it was like a domino effect. Nobody played. And there were, I don't think there were any scheduled games the next day. Or if there yeah. were, they were canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when everybody returned to play, the conversation is like, we have to do better. There's got to be a better solution. There's got to be something more, something. And the uh, one of the biggest problems is nobody really knows what that something is. And like you said, you don't want to put the onus on celebrities. You don't want to put the onus on people with high profiles. But the thing is, you're rubbing shoulders and elbows with the people who know the people who get things done. Well, we've seen that too. We saw it on one night in Miami. Jim Brown, greatest player at the time. He had he went to the man's house, but he couldn't go in his house. And so a lot of times the LeBrons, the the Oprahs, the Tyler Perry's, they know the people. But are those people gonna enact huge change on their behalf? Probably not. Like, so the Tyler Perry is all that. Georgia, one of the main places, like, breaking its neck to change the voting laws. There is so much industry. And not just industry controlled by white people, but industry controlled by black people in Georgia. And for what it's worth, a lot of the Georgia economy relies on it. If They just moved the baseball all-star game from Georgia. Because of because of this, so if other industries people followed suit, that wouldn't make an effect. That wouldn't be a way to get people to the table and have a discussion. At minimum, have a conversation. 
I'm done talking. So just go shoot everybody up, Ray. I mean, you can keep doing it your way. And you can keep talking to these people. They don't want... They will appease you. But if you want them to change, and we've seen it with record labels, what did, what did NWA do to get out their deal? Yeah. What Snoop? Who Snoop go get to get out his deal? Suge Knight. Like, to get out of these deals and to get stuff done, you got to be Kanye. You got to go to that extreme to try and get out of your deal. You got to sue. You got to get lawyers. But people ain't got ten to twenty million dollars to spend on lawyers on retainer. So you can say, "Would you want to go shoot up everybody?" No, I don't want to do it. But if you think it's gonna happen another way, and this is gonna this is gonna be given to you, it's not gonna happen. It, it is not going to happen. And you can tear up the inner cities, and then that's a whole different discussion about who's actually tearing up the cities and all that. Um, I just, if I'm them, what's the motivation? Why should they change? What are they really losing by not changing? What is it costing them? Nothing. It's costing them nothing. They write some weak laws with a bunch of holes that they can circumvent or not enforce. It ain't costing them nothing. Police unions are still making a bunch of money. These officers keep getting more and more jobs. They sweep more and more stuff under the rug. There's no accountability. Like, what are we saying? So yeah, you keep talking to them, and they'll listen. But they'll take a they'll take a meeting all day. They'll have a press conference. We saw when we was watching a crack documentary, and the dude, the head of the FBI, came out and listened to the people. Yeah. And what happened? Nothing. Nothing. Like talking don't work because they don't talk to Fred Hampton. They don't talk to Martin Luther King. They don't talk to Malcolm X. They didn't talk to Muhammad Ali. They locked them in prison. Or they murdered them. Like, that's how they function. So if you think talking to these people that are willing to kill you is going to get you the result, it ain't. That's so depressing, though. Like, (laughs) and and, and, and for what it's worth, like, I understand what you're saying. Like, I don't, I, I don't disagree with you. And your stance. You think they want to talk to Asada I just, Shakur? I mean, they want to lock Asada Shakur up. Like, okay. <laughs> that's that why Trump want. put her. You think they want to lock her up? They will lock her up and we'll never see her here from her again. Oh, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Public enemy number one. Like, and that to me in itself is crazy. Um, it's just, again, like in my mind, I don't understand why it's so hard. But to your point, I understand why it's so hard. People don't want to lose out. People don't want to give up their power. And it, I will say that the, 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 taking it a step further than just losing power is the fear of what happens when someone else is in power. Oh, yeah. And, and for what it's worth, the stuff that we that's done, a, I think that's a huge part of it, too. Like, let, I know people, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I know people made jokes about everybody's getting their superpowers and all of that. I don't remember Man. what day that was, but yeah. the guy I follow on Instagram who does all the J. Cole videos, mm-hmm. his video with him and his friends getting his, yeah. his superpowers, and like they got up in the cameras, it's like white people. 
Just just know that ain't nothing that's been going down, going down no more. Everything that you did to us, we gonna do to you. And, like, you say something like that. Mm-hmm. But the thought process behind that to... When they already think we're savages and barbarians. It's super scary. And it's like, who decides? But, and then, but... And that's opening up a whole nother can of worms because obviously nobody who's here today has anything to do with the things that happened in the past. But everyone who's here today either benefits or loses from the things that happens in the past. Mm-hmm. So you there's, again, there's so many different levels in which it's wrong. Everything about it is wrong. It's like, where do you start peeling the layers back to fix it? And you don't. Everybody keeps slapping a Band-Aid on top, slapping a new Band-Aid on top, but the cut is still bleeding, hemorrhaging, and nobody knows how to fix it. And nobody wants to truly fix it. They're not incentivized to fix it. And incentivizing in your standpoint is everybody go get strapped we watched snowfall <laughs> you think they was gonna talk to leon no nah, they wasn't gonna talk to leon That's my point. oh man i don't know guys this episode obviously for us um i, I alluded to it earlier but there are definitely a lot of things that i personally want to do to change things. Ending qualified immunity would be a huge step in the right direction because 90% of the times when these officers are not charged, eh, probably like 99% of the time these officers aren't charged, it's because of qualified immunity. And I think getting rid of that and a few other policies that help police officers escape the consequences of their actions. One wouldn't, it would be more than just a good faith move. Like these officers would really realize, Oh shoot, there's nothing protecting me from if I pull the trigger and kill this person, there's nothing that I don't have a safety net. I feared for my life. You're a police officer. You fear for your life probably the whole time you're on duty. And a lot of times off duty, because off duty cops, they shoot and kill people too. And it's like, there needs to be some movement in at minimum that arena for me to feel or think that we're moving in the right direction. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, we're going to be watching over the next week or two, um, as we continue to go through this process, um, definitely continuing to pray for the Floyd family. I'm sure it cannot be easy to have to relive all this. Yeah. Um, for what it's worth, again, I'll give my respect to those who have testified against Derek. Um, that takes a level of courage regardless of the motivation. And so we'll see. I am hopeful that we will get a conviction and that it's a conviction that comes with a really, 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 really long time. But then if he gets in prison, they'll just protect him. Um, 
as well. So, yeah, man. Um, not the typical episode. Probably definitely probably the heaviest of things we've dealt with. But it's our responsibility uh, to talk about it, to give our opinion, hopefully educate, maybe even inspire. Uh, I would love to hear comments on other ideas of ways to get the change that is necessary. Or, you know, yeah, exactly. Like, what do you think would it would take to make things really move towards a future that everybody wants to see? Because it's not just black people, obviously, who are heavily impacted by the things that are going on. Um, and if you think that it is, like, then you're part of the problem. It's Ex- an, uh, expand on that. What do you mean? It's an everybody problem. It is. Like, regardless of whether you feel like it directly impacts you, I'm sure it directly impacts someone that you know. And if you care about people, if you care about the people you hold important, if you care about the people you hold dear, you don't want to see them go, continue to go through this. I think a big problem is that there haven't been enough people unified against the common em- enemy. Because they don't care. They didn't come to their door. We talked about, we joked about that in our last pod. When I mentioned your friends and family, your position changed. Like, and we're not, we're not going to get into the stop Asian hate portion. That could be a whole different topic. But I don't think George Floyd dying at the hands of the police impacted other communities in, in much way. There's shock. But as far as motivation, a call to arms to rally against the machine, um, I didn't see that. Not really. Not substantiated. Not over time. So, not, I, I don't, I think everyone saw it, but as far as impact, we disagree. And that's okay. It is. Oh, guys, this has been another episode of the Bond Chronicles. <laughs> Where do we go from here? Uh, <sighs> Stay tuned to find out. So, again, make sure that you do like, share, and subscribe on YouTube. We are the Bond Chronos. That's our channel. We are also on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a host of others. Um, So definitely check the link in our bio if you're on our Instagram. Um, Definitely share with others. If you have something to say, please comment. We love to read the comments. We appreciate all the love and support. Uh, We hope you had a wonderful Easter Resurrection Weekend, and until next time.